Um, I just want to share six quick things. They're not my ideas, but I just really want us to... Two things probably. Um, if, you're, if you're a believer in the room today, um, to know that it doesn't matter how you share your faith as long as you share it. A lot of us go, oh, do it, I'll do it right. It doesn't matter how you do it. You just need to do it and God will use it. Um, if you're not a believer today... I want you to just maybe tune in to the different ways God's already shared um, his good news with you um, to make sure you haven't missed it. Because um, often it's not, God's not short of talking where sometimes just miss it, do you know? Often Melissa says to me, did you hear, you know, I, I, I said this, I said, I have no memory of that whatsoever, you know? Um, so we're not always listening. So just tune in to recognize how God may be speaking to you. Um, so it's just six things. I'm going to run through them really quickly. This is a guy called Mark Mittelberg, I think his name was, came up with. He just identified six different ways. You can agree with them or not. I don't think it really, uh, they're in the Bible. So, you know, you probably want to agree with some of them. Um, the first one is, um, this is the way Peter shared his style, if you like. Um, Peter in the Bible, one of the disciples, he kind of led with his mouth. And you know what? God can even use that. Sometimes we get embarrassed when we lead with our mouth. You know, I don't think God cares sometimes as long as we do something and our heart's in the right place. Sometimes the problem is we, don't, we overthink it. I'm not sure Paul and um, Peter overthought it. So Peter's um, approach was confrontational, kind of in your face. Um, and we have a verse around that. Acts 2 was when the Holy Spirit came and um, I think of the old army song, I was not the same before he touched us. Um, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. I said, 3,000 people, right? So here's Peter, who before the Holy Spirit came, denied Jesus, was scared of going to the cross, and after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up in front of 3,000 people. Isn't that insane? And declared the gospel. And he said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And he went on. If you read the passages after that, he ran on to say to this crowd of two or 3,000 people, um, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. <laughs> I wonder he didn't get crucified that day. Hey, it's a confrontational approach. And, you know, sometimes that freaks us out. But I remember doing pub ministry one time with a mate of mine. Some of you would have heard me tell this story. Big Al, we called him. He's a big guy. And we had Australia Square in Sydney. All the yuppies absolutely consumed with themselves. And um, I'm trying to have this, con I'm having a nice conversation, I'm the relational guy, right? And Big Al comes along and he just looks this guy in the face and he goes, do you know the saving grace of Jesus Christ? And I almost got saved all over again. And you know what, we can judge him for that, but it opened up a whole, that conversation went to a whole new level, a spiritual level. So don't be frightened of the confrontational style. Um, second um, different style is Paul's intellectual approach. And I think actually Peter used a bit of this on the day of Pentecost as well. He reasoned with the Jews. He wasn't just confrontational. He used um, you know, some reasoning. And that's okay. But we have another example of that where Paul, the apostle, did this in Acts 17. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. Maybe we should be greatly distressed today to see that our country is full of idols. Just a side thought. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. So he reasoned with them. 
because they, they had some idea and he reasoned with them to explain who Jesus was, what he did and what it meant. I saw a great example of this when I was at Eastlake Salvation Army as lady. Some of you may have come across Faye Foster who's been in the Salvation Army now for years. Now I knew Faye Foster before she was a Christian and she started coming to church and she said, oh, I'm an atheist but I'm just investigating. And she came to church for quite a while as an atheist and what I didn't know until later was Ray Heron, who was running the discipleship school at the time, and Miriam Lewis, who was running East Lakes at the time, were reading books. So she'd read a book, they'd read a book, and they'd share books together. And for months, they were reasoning together to, so Faye could try to understand and get ahead around. So some people come to God in quite an intellectual way. And that's okay. And it's okay to reason with people. We need to know the word and we need to read some books sometimes, but it's another way that we can engage. I love my favourite Faye Foster story was I was looking for a job at the time and she was working in the CES that existed back those days. And while she's looking for a job for me, East Lakes was promoting a believer's service where kind of you grow in your faith kind of service. And Faith goes, do you think I could come to the believer's service? Because, you know, I'm not a believer. I went, Faith, I'm, I th Faye, I think you'd be really welcome at the Believer's Service. Because she was hungry and she was searching. And not long after she gave her life to Jesus. How cool is that? And been serving him ever since. Um, the third one is the blind man's testimonial, pro testimonial approach. This is one of my favourites. Um, I, I think this is what we've been doing today. This is easy. I mean... The, um, the world stole this from Jesus, this idea, don't they? In marketing. Just we're not sure if the marketing's authentic. But our testimonies today were authentic, weren't they? Yeah. Hey, and, and, and the power of a testimony is so powerful. Um, this was a blind guy, right? And it's an interesting story because the guy, blind guy didn't actually ask for healing. Um, the disciples pointed him out and Jesus just healed him. That's cool. That's different. Hey? And then the religious people of the day said, hey, what's going on? And they started questioning this guy. So here's the second time the religious guy saying, hey, um, summon the man who has been blind from birth. Give glory to God by telling the truth. Because they didn't think he was. Because they, they didn't like Jesus, right? Um, and they said, we know this man is a sinner. So they were saying, hey, Jesus isn't a good guy. He's a sinner. He's, you know, he can't possibly heal you. So tell us the truth of how you really got your sight back. And this is what the blind guy that got healed, what he said. He said, whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Hey, we can all do that. I love Laurie's testimony, um, Willie's testimony, everyone's testimony. I know this was how I was. And this is how I am. You work it out. Hey, that should stir some hunger in people's hearts. Hey, don't you think? That's all we've got to do, friends. But we've got to do it. And you know what I love about this church? Someone said to me, thank you for making this church a safe place. And you know what? I think it is. We work really hard to keep it safe. Emotionally safe, right? So this is a great place to practice praying out loud. This is a great place to practice sharing your testimony out loud. Because if you can do it in here, we're more likely to do it out there where we really need to do it. Is that okay? Just want to give you a nudge today. Number four, Matthew's interpersonal approach. This is my favorite, favorite of all time approaches. See, some of the, we'll have our favorites here, but we use, often use all of them at different times in different ways. Sometimes a number together. 
Luke 5, 29, and Levi, who's Matthew, just been called by Jesus to be a follower, right? So Jesus said to Matthew, come follow me. Here's a tax collector in those days. Well, it hasn't changed today, has it? No one likes tax collectors, even more so in those days. And so he started following Jesus. This is what he did as soon as he finished following, as soon as he started to follow Jesus. He held a great banquet. He held a party and invited all these people who didn't know Jesus. That's another style that the interpersonal approach, gather and build relationship and then bring Jesus to the party. A lot of us can do that. A lot of us are very relational. Dawn's not here today, but who's been brought to church by Dawn? Christy, what'd she do? Build relationship? Absolutely. Okay, it works. The only caution, I caution myself with this all the time, I love building relationship and great relationship, but don't forget to share Jesus at some point. Don't just enjoy the relationship for the sake of the relationship. Use it to connect people with Jesus. Um, I remember... Um, oh, do I need to share this? I'll share it anyway. Um, there's a guy at Westlake, a previous church, who was searching for Jesus. And I just invited him into my home um, to do Christianity Explained. We didn't even get started on the first Christianity Explained session. Um, and we got into this deep conversation. And again, it's just because we had that relationship, he felt safe. And um, that night he gave his heart to Jesus. Then we did Christianity Explained. Um, so that I heard a great thing this week, and I'm trying to find another word for it. But connection before correction. Good word for parents, hey? Co connection before correction. Um, and I think connection before anything. We just need to connect. You know, if you have trouble asking people to help you, connect with them first and as you feel that connection and the health of that relationship it becomes much easier to ask people for help just try it um, number five the Samaritan woman's invitational approach I love this story um, this was a woman by the well um, who was feeling rejected lonely go out and collect water by herself um, and it had an encounter with Jesus um, and obviously it changed her life because she went from hiding from her village to going back to her, and this is what happened. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And you know, one of the purposes of our Friends and Neighbours days is so you can do the invitational style. Just, you know, I, I do that a lot. Sometimes I invite people, I just want to put them next to someone who's good at the confrontational style. Do you know what I mean? And we work as a team. And, um, and that's what this lady said, come and see Jesus. She let Jesus do the preaching. She just did the inviting. So we can do that as well. And number six, a um, lady called Tabitha in the Bible, her service style. Acts 9.36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. She was always doing good and helping the poor. Hey, we have that all the time. Um, Val's always, not only Val, isn't it interesting, Val loves to serve at welfare on Wednesdays um, and through, Ken came through welfare and now Ken loves to serve on welfare on Wednesdays. How, how good is that? Hey, that's how things work. Now, just one other illustration if that's okay. I don't want to embarrass anyone. Um, I assume, um, Christy, that you, from what I understand, invited Kelly to church. Is that right? So I just wanted people to see how this works is that Dawn connected with Christy 
She invited Christy to church. Christy already knew Kelly. She invited Kelly to church. That's how God works. And so we just have to, you know, we don't have to be weird. You know, like if you're naturally weird, just use that, okay? <laughs> if you're naturally weird, let that work for you. But if you're not naturally weird, don't be weird. Just be normal, right? Just be yourself. That's the authentic thing that people see. And when you authentically invite people to, you know, people say, oh, come on, let's run and do this on Sunday. Well, I, don't, I go to church. I say, why do you go to church? Well, I believe in Jesus. Why do you believe in Jesus? You know, sometimes if we're just open and normal, um, God will do the rest and lead the way. Also today, um, if God's, you know, maybe you've started to recognize that God's harassing you um, if you're not a Christian yet. Like, and he harasses you lovingly and gently. You know, the Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. But my gosh, he is, yes, so persistent. As a little kid, I used to go into Sunday school and they used to have these decision Sundays and the officer would come into Sunday school and would share the gospel, right, about once a month. And this must have happened for a number of months, right, because I'd be sitting in Sunday school as probably an eight-year-old going, oh, no. Here he comes, right? Because every time he came in and shared the gospel, I'd get emotional. And I didn't know what was happening. Until that one day in big church it happened, I got emotional and my auntie who was sitting next to me went in the confrontational style and said, do you want to go down the front for prayer? And she led me down the front and we prayed. And I prayed, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. As a kid, I didn't even know what that meant. But my spirit knew, and that day something changed in my life forever. And you know what? Years later, I was 26, I was working at summer camps in America. And there was this kid at summer camps who just started weeping every time his camp counsellor did devotions. And his camp counsellor wasn't a Christian. <laughs> this is the coolest story, right? So he invited me, and I said, hey, I can help here because I know exactly what's going on for this kid. Sometimes God works emotionally, touches our heart first and our head second. Maybe he knew there wasn't much up there to touch for me. And so he touched my heart first, right? And so when this kid's getting all emotional, I was able to lead him to Jesus. Say, this is what's happening. Jesus is just touching your heart. So what I want you to recognize today is God will, he uses all kinds of things in all kinds of ways. And maybe sometimes if we can just stop for a minute and recognize how God may be trying to reach us you know it may be through a friend it may be through creation it may be through music it's so, God is so creative it's just that he loves us and he'll use whatever he needs to use to prove to you that he loves you so this morning I probably want to do two things if the worship team want to come up um, we might do the make the decisions and then worship how's that sound so um, I'll get the band just to stand there and look awesome and not do anything for a moment. Um, and we might do this, hey? Let's, um, let's have the prayer up on the screen. Let's do this first, I think. So today, I'm not going to get you to respond in any great way, but it'd be great if you did put it on a care card. Um, and also, um, more than likely, I'm going to start running groups on Wednesday night. So not pray come this week, prayer and praise. Michael, did Mel say that? Michael Moss is going to run. Michael and Kathy, so excited what um, they're going to share with us this Wednesday night. So come and praise, come and pray, come and hear what's going on. 
But then every other Wednesday night, we're going to start doing groups. We're going to do Discipleship Explained. We're going to do Christianity Explained. Um, if Wednesday night doesn't work, we'll find another time. So if you're not a Christian and you'd like to investigate Christianity more, please put on your care card, I'd like to investigate Christianity or I'd like to do Christianity Explained and then we can work that out, okay? Really important. Um, and if you make a decision today. So let's all read this together. Is this okay? And, and let me just contextualize it like this. Um, if you pray a prayer like this, it doesn't have to be exactly this, and you mean it, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. In other words, you'll come into a relationship with Him that eternity starts as soon as that happens and you end up in heaven with Him forever, which is not sitting on fluffy clouds, but still an awesome stuff. It's like the party that never ends, right? Serving the Lord, worshipping Him, peace, joy, hope forever. Um, is what a relationship with Jesus is about. It just starts here. So let's read this together. Um, if you're praying this, reading it for the first time, and you're praying it and you mean it in your heart, let us know, hey? Because that's all it takes to come into a relationship with Jesus. It might be that right time for you. Read it with me. Dear Jesus, not after me, with me. I need you and believe in you and receive your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and for giving me life and eternity. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen.